A new year has started and conditions look good for a flood. A flood of arcs, that is, uh, as in Noah's Ark. For the past five years now, arcs have been bobbing up around the world at a surprising rate. In the Netherlands, for instance, you can now visit Ark Van Noah. It's a full-sized model that actually floats. It was built by a construction company owner named Johan Hubers, and it costs $1.3 million and weighs 3,000 tons. In Hong Kong, another full-size replica of Noah's Ark exists at Noah's Ark Park and Resort. Uh, it stands alongside a solar telescope and uh, set in gardens with an evangelistic displays. In addition, there is a two-thirds sized scale model of the Ark that stands in Florenceville, New Brunswick. And not to be outdone, the government of Yerevan, Armenia, the place where, according to biblical records, it all started, wants to eventually host an ark-themed park within view of Mount Ararat itself. Now, probably the granddaddy of all of them, of course, is the Ark Encounter in Williamstown, Kentucky. A group called Answers in Genesis has completed a full-scale model of the ark, which is now open for tours, and it is the centerpiece of what is planned to be a $93 million theme park that will include other Genesis story exhibits and a zoo. Preferably not the lions will be part of the petting zoo. But perhaps we are drawn to arcs because we naturally fear the power of a flood. And what with global climate change, floods are becoming almost paradoxically as destructive as fire. A look at the Psalms, especially our Psalm from this morning, Psalm 29, would agree with that. Psalm 29 speaks of mighty waters that can drench and drown and destroy. Other Psalms include talk of deep waters where the flood sweeps over, where waters that roar and foam, and a desperate appeal to God for help because the waters have come up to my neck and I sink in the mire. Of course, all of these water references in the Psalms are intended as metaphors for the struggles of human life. And that speaks a real truth about life. Sometimes life does overwhelm us with personal and professional problems that can feel like a flood of mighty waters. We can feel overpowered by difficulties rushing toward us, whether they be emotional or financial or relational or vocational. We find ourselves gasping for breath with the waters coming up to our necks and our feet in deep mire and flailing in the flood. We desperately need an ark. Now, none of these aforementioned arcs will be of any help to us. What we need, rather, is an ark that is spiritual, not physical, a shelter from the flood, a refuge from the mighty waters, a vessel to carry us across the waves to a place of safety and salvation. In short, an ark for our souls. But how do we build such an ark? Well, our psalm 
And our gospel lesson this morning can help us here. They point us to three essential elements that we need for the construction of just such an ark. And the first essential element is this, prayer. Prayer to God who has power over the flood. As our psalm says, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The glory of God thunders the Lord over mighty waters. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Psalm 29 is telling us that God, to whom we pray, is more powerful than life's floods that swirl around us and would drown us. But what are we to pray when we are caught in the tide? Well, we could certainly pray for deliverance. Sometimes that is the direction that God will take us out of the flood. But more often, it isn't total deliverance that we most need. More often, what we need is God's strength to face our flood and God's peace in the midst of the chaos. A rabbi friend of mine once said, he put it this way, if someone prays for patience, do you think God just makes them patient? Or does he give them an opportunity to be patient? If someone prays for courage, does God just give them courage? Or does God give them opportunities to be courageous? If someone prays for the, their family to be closer, do you think God just zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings? God gives them opportunities to love each other. God has power over the flood. When we pray, God will answer our prayers with strength and with peace so that we will not be overwhelmed by the waters. God will bring us through the flood. Prayer is the first essential element for building our spiritual ark. And here's the second. Our church. The construction of a spiritual ark also requires us to build and to be part of a community of support and accountability. For millennia now, the church has been understood to be just such an ark in this sense. Consider that in liturgical churches such as ours, our church buildings have nautical terminology attached to them. For example, the section in which most of us are sitting this morning is called the nave. Nave comes from the Latin word novice, which means a ship. That reminds us that though there is a storm raging out there with wild winds and terrible waves, our church is built to carry us safely through. Theologian Frederick Beekner once put it this way, at its best, the church provides shelter from the blast, a sense of somehow heading in the right direction in spite of everything, a ship to keep afloat, and like a beacon in the dark, the hope of finding safe harbor at last. Building a spiritual ark can never be totally an individual pursuit. 
It requires a church. This group of people who share that hope of finding safe harbor at last. And it provides each of us with a community of support and accountability, a place where we are encouraged to do the right thing and be gently pulled back when we go off course. The church is not a perfect place, but it heads in the right direction in spite of everything. Our church is the essential, second essential element in building our ark. And here is the third, and this one is the most important of all. Jesus. Jesus must be its pilot, the pilot at the helm. The presence of Jesus is the most important element in the building of a spiritual ark. As we're beginning this new year together, we have come to this Sunday that is known as the baptism of the Lord. Today, from our gospel lesson, we are reminded of the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan and how just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Jesus came up from the water, from the mighty waters that threatened to drench and drown and destroy. He emerged from the water to receive the Spirit of God descending like a dove. He is the one who now sits enthroned over the flood, as our psalm would say it. Remember all those wonderful gospel stories of Jesus on the waters? These are true metaphors of how he can pilot our lives now. He saved his disciples from a storm on the sea, leaving them to wonder, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? He showed his power over the chaos by walking on the water. And then he rescued Peter when he was about to sink below the waves. He does the same thing for you and for me today. As he gives us the strength to face the stormy trials and peace to preserve us in the chaos. He walks the seas beside us through storm and flood. There are, in the historical Mariner's Anglican Church, the Maritime Sailors Cathedral, as it's often called in Detroit, these words chiseled into a wall that call out to Jesus. Jesus, Savior, Pilot me over life's tempestuous sea. Unknown waves before me roll, hiding rock and treacherous shoal. Chart and compass come from thee. Jesus, Savior, pilot me. Jesus, our pilot at the helm, is the third but the most essential element in building our ark. In a world that threatens to drown us in its floods and chaos, this is the ark that will bring us 
through. This morning, we enter the waters again, together. The waters of baptism are before us, calling us to enter them again and renew those baptismal vows that we have taken, vows to go with our pilot wherever he leads us, vows to support each other, whatever floods may come, vows to be his strengthening, loving, healing presence to a drowning world. Deep calls to deep. Let us now answer the call and renew our baptismal vows together. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.